Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from groggy grells to grizzly grimlocks, and today we're talking about griffins and hippogriffs. All right, Brian. So um, I'm excited to talk about griffins and hippogriffs today. They're really cool mythological creatures. Yeah. I'm sure you're vaguely familiar with or if not familiar with. Yeah, dude. Harry Potter, dude. Yeah, Harry Potter with hippogriffs. That was actually the first time I've ever heard of a hippogriff. I was like eight years old reading Harry Potter 3, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, about it or die. Yeah, yeah. Or get grievously injured. Indeed. Um, so yeah, let's just get into it. I, griffins are, and hippogriffs are kind of one of those things where I'm surprised we haven't talked about them yet. Yeah, it just really like I don't think we've even said the word Griffin on the show, uh, which Griffin is really Ma- weird. Griffin McElroy. Well, that's that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but let's start with Griffins since we're talking about okay. them. So Griffins are fierce avian carnivores with the hindquarters of a lion and the head, wings, and four and front legs of an eagle. Oh, I did not know they had the hindquarters of a lion. You did not know that. I just thought they had some legs. Or oh yeah, like, no, that's yeah. Griffins lion. are half lion, half eagle. That's their thing. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay, well, well, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Where do you get the name from? Why do we call it a griffin? That is an interesting question. The etymology of the word griffin is really debated, and people aren't sure. Oh, okay, because I get um, the O N S is like lions yeah. O N S, right? So the back end of the word, back mm-hmm. legs, but yeah. griff is like. Like the, maybe that maybe it's like a play on grift, like a joke. It's well, like the, I'm an eagle, psych. I'm a griffin. I, you know what? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> but the etymology of griffin, it, they date it back to uh, ancient Greek times, but it it, it doesn't add up. Like okay. griff has nothing to do with uh with, with either eagles or lions. This is um, a um, this is like a fever dream, like drug inspired animal. Maybe so, but they they uh, actually. Um, 
Well, okay. Let me let me get into my notes. I mean, I have sounds, notes on this. It Brian. sounds like speculation because it is, but you know it is. So uh, <laughs> I was actually curious about the origin of Griffins myself. Um, you know, it's obvious. Obviously, Griffins are a D and D original, but the Griffin is uh, one of the most famous cryptozoological creatures. Its concept dates back to ancient Egypt, and it remained uh, prevalent in ancient Greek and Roman and even medieval cult- cultures, which is probably what we're more familiar with. Yeah, like, uh, like you the know. depiction of a of a knight, like a Templar exactly. knight fighting a Griffin, and and the reason for that is because the griffin actually ended up for a time becoming a major emblem of the christian church around the 12th century or so mm-hmm. um the the reason being that in lore griffins made it for life and it was like i guess the christian church at that point in time was really part of a whole pr thing of trying to get people to mate for life ma- marry no sex outside or before marriage and all that jazz so the griffin was like the uh, the symbol of that i wonder if that's a ploy on population control like griffins uh griffins made for life you should too they're super powerful. <laughs> right. They're super powerful and majestic and you yeah. can be too. You wonder why, right? Well, they don't sleep around. Um, but yeah, so all, all the way back to ancient Egypt. Um, but back to D&D. At full growth, uh, griffins are roughly about ten to 7 to 10 feet long with uh, 25 to 30 foot wingspan. And they average roughly about 700 to 1,100 pounds. So okay. big beasts. Oh, yeah. Um, Although D&D griffins are domesticatable and are widely noted and sought after for their grace and majesty, most griffins are ferocious and wild predators. Okay, sure. They're swift, they're strong, and they're savage, and they're not to be fucked with. Some of them can do ballet, but most <laughs> like, of them just fucking kill you. Well, I mean, it's like real life. Like Lions are beautiful and majestic and, and graceful and at sometimes cute, but they're killing savage monsters that you shouldn't get close to. Yeah, like, just leave them alone. <laughs> Same Why can't thing, we just leave them alone? Exactly. Just let it be. Same thing with griffins. You you don't got to roll up on them. You don't got to risk like trying to shoot one and getting stabbed. Like, right. But you're basically, if you get hit with lion claws, you're getting stabbed. Yeah. You're getting stabbed with five knives. Yeah. <laughs> very sharp. <laughs> very sharp. Very sharp, natural. Leave lion lions knives. alone. They'll leave you alone because okay. you won't be anywhere near them. Don't go near lions. So, There's no reason for you. There's no reason for anyone to go near lions. lions. Yeah. Just okay. don't do it. So griffins make their homes on rocky cliff sites where they build their nests and establish large territories uh, surrounding said nests. Um, they live and hunt in small prides of like three or six. So they're laying eggs? They do lay eggs. Wow. And that is, that is what they do. The first thing you always see are the lion legs like buckshotting out of the top of the egg. Like that's how they escape the yeah, egg when they're not? born. No, I see the beak coming out because the beak's what pecks it open. Well, you can be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> so like wyverns, griffins hunt and eat whatever land creatures kind of dwell in their territory oh man this is just the same thing where like remember how i was like oh your party doesn't see the wyvern and it just like snakes through the fucking it's the same thing but it's just like with griffins it's griffins they land on their they land on their back legs and Uh they use their wings to like fly so they can like run at you extra scary (laughs) yeah that would be it's like a really fast lion run unlike wyverns uh griffins do not care for humanoid flesh they don't humanoids are bothersome to them they just they don't care about humanoids okay their preferred prey are herd animals Animals, like deer, cow, and buffalo, etc. Sure. Um, but things get a little more uh, complicated because above all things, griffins crave horse flesh. What? <laughs> what? So so this does make wild griffins troublesome to adventurers and herders yeah, and travelers. Dude, definitely. Because they're going for the steeds. Have you seen that Bob's um, Burgers with the guy that's selling the horse meat? Yes, I have. That's a good oh my episode. God. I just saw the episode like a few weeks ago. That's this is the episode. this is the vendor selling the horse meat. It's Indeed. just a griffin. It's just a griffin. <laughs> um, so 
So yeah, what ha- what happens is griffins will swoop and try and eat the horses. They'll completely ignore the humanoids unless, of course, the humanoids defend their steeds, which of course they will, and then it's a fight. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> but just damn. so it's out there, the griffins don't care about the humans. The humans are just in the way. Yeah, like <laughs> your horse is getting picked up and you're getting crushed in between your horse, a horse body and a griffin body. Yeah. Now, it's stated that the desire for griffins to eat horse flesh borders on irrational hatred. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay. So it's it's speculated that the griffin may have developed this taste for horse flesh due to the horse flesh tasting very similarly to hippogriff meat, which hippogriffs are the primary source of food for griffins. They eat hippogriffs. What? Well, think about it. Uh, lions eat zebras. Griffins eat hippogriffs. <laughs> They just live in the sky. No, there's definitely a disjoint somewhere in what you just said. It's just, what is half horse, half eagle? What is half lion, half eagle? I guess. The lion eats the horse. They're just like, hell yeah, half horse. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. So, and because horses taste like hippogriff and they're much easier to kill, so they just go for it. Like in this this biodome, there has to be some flying thing that can take on the other flying thing. Right. And they chose lion horse anatomy (laughs) with the winged thing. And the hatred part comes from the fact that (laughs) hippogriffs um, and griffins are always vying for territory. So there's kind of like this animosity there. So there's just real. It's just their instinct (laughs) takes over. This is the worst. <laughs> hey, okay. man. Griffin lore. I got it. Sick. I got it for you. Got it in one. <laughs> okay. There so, it is. So griffins really are the alpha predators of the sky in D&D, with the exception of, of course, dragons. Okay. Uh, which makes sense because, you know, lions and eagles are the alpha predators of their respective territories in real life. Yeah. So slam them together and throw it up Just in the sky super and there predator. you go. Yeah. Um, they're large, powerful creatures with deadly claws and beaks. Uh, they have the keen eyes of a raptor. Pegasi and Hippogriff are essentially their prey. Harpies are chased out of its territory immediately. Manticores are easily outnumbered by griffins. Um, even a mating pair of wyverns uh, could be should be wary of a pride of uh, griffins because, okay. again, they're outnumbered. So, uh, like I said, it's likely only dragons are immune to their patrolling of the skies. What's that superhero, the twin superheroes with the rings that are like shape of a shark? Like, or whatever. And what? they like say two things and they become like... <laughs> I fucking I can't I don't have an example except mm-hmm. for like face of an eagle, legs of a lion. I have like, no idea. Oh god. They I, they like yeah. touch their rings, their power rings together and uh-huh. they become those things and they like become tanks or like mm-hmm. okay, never mind. Moving know. on. Okay. Somebody out there knows. <laughs> someone someone knows. <laughs> Not me. Tell us in the comments. Not Will. Um sorry, man. No, it's good. <laughs> so even um even if a griffin ends up like being like wounded and grounded, like its wings broken or something like okay. that, even then they can just continue you to dominate their environment as essentially a fucking lion yeah sure <laughs> so yeah they're just a large cat on the ground now they, but they're Great. just they're good right. job they're bipedal in it you know that's how no, i see it they're not they're no? not bipedal. why would they bipedal it because it's scary and oh it, i guess so yeah sure i guess that's intimidating but i mean well, well if they're wounded maybe, maybe my, my point is like they can crawl on all four legs oh, i guess they do have those front yeah so it's kind of like a, i'm thinking of like I should be thinking more like on centaur kind of a yeah. centaur kind of vibe. Yeah. Okay. Well, were you thinking they can't walk on their claws? N- um, kind of. I guess. Oh. I guess I didn't like really get 
grasp the entirety of it and okay. maybe they just had claws for like picking up shit and maybe right, they weren't like right. no they can go full quadruped and completely dominate their environment as basic essentially a large cat with wings I'd still even with that new vision implanted into my brain much cooler for this thing to run on its back legs <laughs> yeah, sure. and box you out with these talons man yeah, sure just Why like not? taking your eyes now the intelligence levels of griffins is somewhat debatable all sources uh, agree that griffins can be raised and trained as war steeds, and uh, most monster manuals place their intelligence stat at two, which is extremely low. Yeah, that's I think bad. this is really low, and this lore is really countered by a lot of D&D novels, some of which I have read, and even uh, Dragon Magazine 161, which claims griffins can have a full-fledged language of their own, and the ability mm. to understand humanoid languages. So that has to put you at least like at a five, right? Or six? I mean, that should put you at like a seven to nine at least. Okay. Uh, probably seven minimum. Well, like when you say language, like what are we talking here? Like grunts and like well, barks and stuff. It said language, and a language is not the same thing as communicating. Okay, you know what I mean. So I'm just taking the definition of language uh, to heart. And if they're saying a full fledged language that sounds to others like cause and and growls and all that other stuff, but it can be used to communicate complex thoughts, and that's a full-fledged language. Okay. So I, I'm not sure. Like I said, their intelligence levels are kind of debatable. I think it just wasn't really thought through. Yeah, because they were on drugs when they made this. Indeed. So there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so griffins have... Um, they were like, let's take an eagle and a lion and let's smash them together and then just, <laughs> just make it really dumb. Right. It's like it's so stupid. I think they're fucking cool person. Yeah. Griffins are actually I, I meant to say this at the beginning of the episode. Um dragons are probably my favorite mythological creature. Griffins are easily number two for me. Nice. They're, I just think they're really cool looking, they're really majestic, and I've read a lot of books with like dope ass griffin mounts and shit. Yeah, they're the cool. it's the best animal to ride in on if you're gonna like silver surfer style save the planet. Sure, yeah. So griffins have impressively long lives. They reach adulthood in two years, but in the wild can live to up to 150. What? And in uh, double that for domesticated ones. Oh wow! Yeah, so, if they're getting that them good them good horse meats, right? Which kind of I I, I don't want to say makes sense, but um, one of the things about griffins is they're often raised as elven mounts. Like elves and griffins kind of are a thing. So oh, it would sure. make sense that their mounts can live very long time. Yeah, because elves get the best shit. <laughs> well, it's because elves are attuned with nature and animals, and since griffins are so hard to train, elves would be elves and druids and whatnot, and rangers would be some of the few people that could manage to do it. You're like uh, allied up with the elven army, and they're like riding past you in battle to like the front lines. Like nice horse, stupid. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um. So raising and training a griffin. It's said to be extremely difficult, dangerous, uh, time-consuming, and extraordinarily expensive. Okay. Um, they must be raised from an egg or before their first feathering, or they will refuse to accept their new family. Just oh, wow. You've already failed if, if you didn't get that done. <laughs> so at that point, you're raising a voraciously hungry and large and strong creature that requires large areas for exercise. They have to be taught both their normal griffin lessons that they would in life, like how to fly and hunting mm -hmm, and all that, mm -hmm. and all the domestic tasks that, of course, you captured them for. Um but for those who are successful in managing all this, um, griffins are loyal, fierce allies for life. Yeah, it's expensive because you need buckets and buckets of horse meat. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's, and, and the land as well. Yeah. And the uh, equipment, like because they need special saddles and all that other stuff. And the permit for the airspace. Sure. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. And then to actually either have the time to train yourself or bring in like professional trainers. There's a lot of flying in D&D, &D, like in, mm -hmm. as a fantasy setting. Yeah. 
so like would that be a thing like getting a permit to like have this airspace be like it could be yeah wow i mean maybe it is in in some settings i'm not sure i haven't come across it but i wouldn't be too surprised <laughs> oh wow yeah. like there's like you're riding into the city on a griffin and like other guys on griffins like roll up that are cops and they're like right. do you got a permit to be here <laughs> where are you from i could see you get like pulled over that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh quickly uh let's get into the griffin stat block there's really not a lot to say here i mean it's a challenge two which for me is fine but i here we go again where it's like okay but i want my extra buff griffin too i want my my griffin Your super griffin i want my griffin like dreadlord you know maybe, oh. maybe dreadlord is not dreadmount i don't know okay like, sure you know what i mean like yeah um like everybody's I, riding into battle on these normal horses and then there's like that giant black clydesdale with like the giant front legs exactly yeah and like it's in like fourth stomping edition, people out by itself right exactly in fourth edition you had the griffin you had the griffin dreadmount and then you had the rhinefire griffin which was like this super big like white and blue feathered kind of elemental griffin that like had like ice fire powers okay and i don't know i'm just used to that and think it's cool but uh challenge rating two is nice um it's uh i guess if you want a more powerful griffin you just reskin a wyvern uh, which is challenge rating five i think we said um i don't remember mm, even though that episode was retention it's not my specialty only um only ability they get of any note is keen sight the griffin has advantage on perception checks that rely on sight and then after that it's just a beak attack and a claw attack they have an armor class of 12 hp 59 and dark vision of course oh yeah of course so it's a pretty basic beast. <laughs> They're like, what's it missing? <laughs> oh, yeah, dark vision. A griffin is one of those creatures that isn't listed under beast, but I would consider giving to a druid. Okay, sure. Because to wild shape into, you mean, or to ride? To wild shape into. Okay. Um, because, like, once they, like, because druids eventually can wild shape into challenge rating two creatures. So, like, if you can do a challenge rating two creature and. As a druid, you can turn into flying creatures. Like so, it's not like flying is like a weird thing for them. Right. I don't see why griffin uh, should be excluded because they seem to be wild animals. Yeah. Um. And to me, they're animalistic enough for me to just hand wave it. Well, they have hate in their heart. Like there's, right. there's that difference. <laughs> they, they do. Um. Or hippogriffs, hip, hippogriffs as well, which we'll get into after the short rest, which we should take now. Let's short rest. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not doing the last thing we were talking about. We're doing this new thing. It's a love thing. It's an old thing, but it's new to this episode. And yeah, right? Love? Let's talk about how much we love people that can hear this. All the love. Hey, you hear that? All of it. It's for you. It's for you. From Will's lip, to, from Will's heart to his lips, to your ears, to your heart. And same with me. Anyway, TVC Plays, what's up with that, dude? Um, It's a gaming channel where we what? play video games. What? And uh, everyone who's listening to this should go check it out. Oh, fuck yeah, you should. It's on YouTube. Absolutely. Um, lots of stuff happening there. Like, oh, uh, Pokemon is yeah, going Pokemon. on there. Uh, we're doing a randomizer nuzlocke. Uh, it's been a wild ride. A lot of crazy stuff has happened. We're doing a horror game called Outlast. Hold on, let's back it up. You got a Pikachu? Do not have a Pikachu. And why is that? Because we have not found a Pikachu. And why is that? Uh, because we're doing a Nuzlocke, which means that we're only allowed to capture the first uh, Pokemon we encounter on any given route. So, If you've never seen a Nuzlocke before, now's your chance. They're really, really cool. And the one that Will and Kiki are doing is hilarious. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Atlas now. So Atlas is a horror game where you're essentially a journalist who got a hot tip that some uh, unethical shit is going down at this asylum in like the mountains or whatever. So you go there and shit breaks bad really quick and you probably should never come there. But now you're there. So now you got to survive. Is that kind of like a Silent Hill sort of thing? Mm, I would say it's... Hmm. It's more like Resident Evil than Silent Hill, but it's not really like either because you can't, the combat is not a thing. You only oh. run away from things and everything is trying to kill you. Wow. Yeah, so you can so only escape. It's very stressful and unnerving, but it's a lot of fun. You got to stealth your way out of there. You do. It's all oh, wow. stealth all the way. Yeah. Okay. I um, edit the audio on these, so I hear the screams. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and there's lots of them. Uh, so, um, future plans for that if they're not already happening diaries of a smash brother or we're playing super smash brothers ultimate and cataloging mm -hmm. my personal journey uh trying to become a uh competitive player in in the competitive scene of smash brothers mm -hmm. um also uh platformers like mega man mega man x mega man zero yeah i'm um, sure we'll get some sonic um i'm actually going to be starting a zelda 2 series which is kind of a platformer it's a weird zelda game which is why i chose it so yeah uh, mario kart 8 deluxe let's go mm -hmm. and plenty of others we're going to be getting in rpgs final fantasies all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. just basically all the video games that we love we're going to play want to laugh um watch some of this stuff because it's, it's pretty funny um i think let's get back to the show let's get back to the show back we've returned we're back 
And it's time to talk about hippogriffs. Okay. We're done with griffins. Griffins are old news. We're moving down the food chain in Indeed. the negative in the negative route. Yeah. Um, but they're still gonna they're still above the average adventurer? Um, not really. So no. if griffins were like wild animals, hippogriffs are more so. So let's get into it. Okay. D and D hip, hip, hippogriffs are chimeric magical beasts related to griffins in some way, but whose origins have been lost to time. They possess the hindquarters of horse and the forearms, wings, and head of an eagle. Oh wow! Okay. Anyone who's watched uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban or read the books is pretty familiar with what a hippogriff should look like. Mm. So they're, of course, based off the in-real-life mythological creature of the same name. Uh, the first recorded mention of a hippogriff was by the ancient Roman poet Virgil, who claimed that these beasts were the result of griffins breeding with horses. <laughs> Great. Cool. <laughs> so although, uh, there are pos- although there are possible references to hippogriffs centuries before this as heraldic a- animals of Apollo, this is debatable. So, yeah. This is like a minotaur situation a little bit here. Kind of. Um, I, I before we get into it, I want to preface this by saying there's not a ton of D and D source material on hippogriffs. Um, there was only ever, there was never an ecology of the hippogriff ever published, and all the monster manual entries are pretty freaking short. But yeah, even J.K. Rowling keeps it pretty loose. I mean, like, what kind of teacher really is Hagrid? Right. (laughs) So the average hippogriff is nine feet long and about as tall as your average horse. Uh, They weigh somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand pounds. Unlike griffins, hippogriffs are omnivorous and they tend to prefer grazing to hunting. Mm. So they're not really out there attacking things to eat too often. Although, like horses, they do sometimes surprise people and eat meat. Have you ever seen the video of the horse that eats a chicken? What? Yeah, it's wild. What? I'll have to show you. Yeah, horse is just sitting there grazing, chicken's going by, horse just looks at it. Literally one gulp and a swallow. Chicken's gone. He Crazy. just eats the bacon just eats everything? the chicken. Just, just swallows the motherfucker whole. Yeah. Moving on. So, although... uh I'll never move on. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. You just changed my perspective. Yeah. On, Horses are oh, scary. I know they're majestic and beautiful, but they're fucking scary. Have I'm you running, ever stood next to one? I'm running... They're a, big? Yes, they're very muscular. Yeah. They're very, <laughs> very powerful. Muscular and they eat chickens whole. They get, oh, wow, dude. Like, okay, so in my in the game I run on <laughs> Patreon, like we have kind of a rule going where, like, horses never die. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's because they're beautiful and majestic. I don't want any horse death. Well, so like like riders are definitely dying, but like not horses. Horses no, are deck saving, like okay. auto deck saving. Of on course, horses. of course. They are. Um, they're not even taking half damage to fireball. Right. But maybe I just change your perspective. A bit. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Anyway, <laughs> uh, although the Five E Monster Manual states that hippogriffs give live births, every other book ever written for D anD D says they lay eggs. Even spelling out like the cost and worth of these eggs in other monster manuals. So it's really DM's discretion on how you want to do that. An unfertilized griffin egg sells on the black market for thirty gold. What is that true? Did I say anything relevant? No, I would imagine. Uh, well, I guess unfertilized. Yeah, uh, like maybe. how you would with a chicken for maybe, eating, right? Maybe because fertilized, we're talking like two thousand. Oh, because you're going to breed. It's breeding. Yeah, yeah exactly. So are people eating these? Are they farming these? I don't think I so. that's the kind of the, the route I'm trying to take here. No, because people don't eat lion or eagle meat. So I well, don't think it's been thought of. Plus, a griffin's hard to uh, to farm because like, it's a monster. So it would be like it would like be like people trying to eat. Like sustain sustainably eat lions or, or eagles is yeah. not a great and thing. And that's another thing. Yeah, they're predators. So like obviously there's way less of them, like herd animals. Like it's just not it's just too gamey. Yeah, indeed. That. Okay. Although hippogriffs are way more often domesticated, which we'll get a little bit into. But if we're talking about feeding a, a town, okay. like this egg has to probably be fucking huge, right? Like yeah. an ostrich egg at mm-hmm. least. 
Yeah. So that's pretty good. I mean, you're making a, a yeah, nice... Yeah, but how many eggs are griffins laying a year? They're not like chickens. They really just pop them out. Oh, I don't know. If you're domesticating them and like sending them up in coops and stuff. Uh, like... I don't think I don't think they'll work with griffins, my dude. Okay. <laughs> so although the Fivey Monster Manual... Oh, yeah, I already said that. So speaking of which, the Hippogriff's... Um, trait of breed they have a they have a trait of breeding true so for some reason if a hippogriff breeds with a horse it births a hippogriff sweet so all you need is one hippogriff yeah okay a bunch of horses and then you have a bunch of hippogriffs that's weird are these horses like upset when they're like oh my god (laughs) what is mounting me well that i guess but i was thinking more of like after the baby is born and it's like run my child and it flies away and it's like wait come back i suppose okay okay so i suppose it would have to be the 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 hippogriff would have to be the female okay because it the laying of the egg okay because the normal horse isn't gonna lay an egg no matter what mates with it, that's just not how horses work. No, you don't know. This is D and D, man. If it mates, maybe there's that special magic. The hippogriff. No, that it probably wouldn't be that bad. It can't be egg. bigger than a horse. It can't no, be bigger than a calf. Can you imagine being that like horse? a fowl? What do they call? Fucking egg comes out of you. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, is that upsetting? <laughs> like, is it? Okay. Yes, that Let's would move be drastically on. This is upsetting. Like a, not a conversation Let's... I really want to have. <laughs> Me neither, man. Me neither. <laughs> it's not the one I planned on having either. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm just a poison for the, this episode. So in the wild, <laughs> okay. hippogriffs make their neck nests in temperate climates and highly prefer hilly areas near open fields and sky. Okay. Uh, they live in families made up of a lifelong mating pair and their offspring. Okay, um, they have a tendency to be highly territorial, um, striking at perceived threats without hesitation, and this is because hippogriffs are essentially at the bottom of the totem pole. When it comes to sky monsters, okay, <laughs> um, sky monsters specifically, yeah. not like birds. They yeah, fuck no. up birds. They fuck up birds all day. <laughs> but they they have to worry about griffins, wyverns, harpies, basically anything that flies that isn't a bird. Hippogriff's got to be scared of. This is the hill giant of the sky. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. the hill giant of the sky. Okay, where it's menacing in its own right, but all other giants are way more menacing. Right. Totally. Okay. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Hippogriffs are noted to be much easier to train as flying mounts than griffins or wyverns. Uh, their life cycle matches that of a mundane horse. Um, they're less predatorial in nature. They have a lower intelligence, which just makes them much more docile and breakable animals. How long do horses live? Like 30, 50 years? Somewhere in there? I have no idea. That's a good question. If I, were, if I was a, a betting man, I'd say... Uh, 20 years probably we don't do my, a, we don't guess. do a lot of like stable masters as like long-term npcs in our games we, really so we don't, don't have like a lot I don't of horse get data into any of the equestrian lore of my D games yeah ever. it's like oh he needs a horse like there's yeah. there's one over there yeah exactly 50 gold it please. costs this much yeah, yeah exactly that being said um hippogriffs are far inferior to griffins when it comes to using them as war steeds because griffins are fierce monsters that are much more intelligent can do like more like tactical stuff okay um any questions about hippogriffs before we briefly uh, touch upon their stat block? So they have no attention span. They're just like animals, like savage yeah, they're just beasts. like animals. Okay, yeah, they're just they're like horses that happen to have wings. Okay, they live in but what, not pegasi. Okay, are these things living on like cliff sides or like trees or um, what's the deal here? Cliff sides, um, See, maybe like big really ass trees. trees, right? Like it would have to be yeah, a big maybe ass it's tree. like some crazy magical giant tree. Like, sure, like the double redwood from fantasy. 
Yeah, sure. I just exactly. made it up right the now. Redwood, the super redwood. <laughs> it's super duper um, redwood. But yeah, cliff sides. Um, it, it really kind of said like really tall hills. They okay. might just make their their homes on on these really like <laughs> just the top slopes. of a fucking hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking like big hills, like like foothills of mountains. And okay, stuff. sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, not not like it's not like some lump so, in the so middle of a more like craggy, like a like a rocky hilltop. Yeah, exactly. All right, exactly. All right. Yeah. Like almost like a almost like a cliffside. Yeah, almost, but not nearly as not as dangerous. Or shitty yeah. yeah so um hippogriff stat block uh it's only a challenge rating one so this is a pretty early monster you can introduce in your campaign um it it's got 11 ac only 19 hit points um it's got a multi-attack with its beak and claws and it also has a keen sight it's basically it, it really is uh just a lesser griffin it's got all the same stuff just cut in half essentially okay of a griffin yeah so so yeah that's hippogriffs, my dude. Yeah. So you start off your D and D campaign working for the Griffin, <laughs> and then you you the first thing you fight are hippogriffs. But then later on, the big twist you find out that the hippogriffs are actually the rebel forces, and they outnumber the Griffins two to one. And you you are the tipping point. Your adventuring party is the tipping point. It's what they need to it's what they to need overthrow the Griffins for the revolution. The revolution <laughs> will survive. Indeed. Let's take a long rest. Let's take a long rest. But before we do, but before we do, we like to talk about stuff. We do. We like to wind down. It's like um. It's like when you're going to take a nap and you're trying to like relax all the muscles in your body before you can actually go to sleep. Yeah. Here we go. That's this. What are we starting with today? Um, let's start with Patreon. If you want to help support the show, you can do so monetarily by joining our Patreon, which Indeed. is patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. And we got a lot of bonus content, a lot of live plays on there. Early episodes. We give away exclusive items to our higher tier members. Yeah. Come get um, a sick mug. Yeah. Everybody fiending over these mugs. <laughs> Straight fiending. Plus y'all calm down on these mugs. Come join the Patreon. <laughs> also the shout out on the show. You know, that is something that we do as well. I guess we'll try to, weren't we going to try to make a mug that people could just buy since like we I'm come working up with on some pretty some cool designs. stuff i'm working on some designs um i've been a bit busy we just got out of the holidays yeah but i, but I got stuff in the works yeah it's it's on it's on the way we i i there's one we discussed that's like real cool spoilers for the youtube people yeah indeed and the indeed. audio people i guess <laughs> okay. uh, sorry you heard that mouth noise let's <clears throat> see what else do we got we um, talked about tdc plays we did so let's talk about super quest saga let's talk about super quest saga actual play dnd 5e where uh we play on youtube for like an hour and an hour and a half every yeah. other week and you can see us playing DD instead of just talking about it mm -hmm. with um josh freeland and jake Casada. thank mm -hmm. you guys for helping us uh, make that show it's really really fun uh i'm a warlock Yes, yes, you are. I just like struggle with like keeping my character interesting by not like punching the Eldritch Blast button nonstop. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I take my other spells very seriously. And we have a druid who is recently uh, coming to terms with uh, alien forms. Yeah, yeah. We, they threw out all the all the normal like Eldritch Forest stuff that they were able to do before, and yeah. now they're doing stuff that they're finding in space mm -hmm. on alien planets. Indeed, some really cool homebrew <laughs> stuff. Will does a lot of rescanning and homebrew for this game, but it oh. is Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Oh yeah, we also have a big tanky boy. Yeah, we got a paladin. Who, uh, who he's going to have some options opening up for him very yeah. soon. New gods, who dis? <laughs> Indeed. Um, so uh, beyond that, we talked about TDC Plays. We talked about our Patreon. We talked about Super Quest Saga. Super Quest Saga. How about liking and subscribing? We're on that 10K march. It's going to happen. We're so close. Our, lot of our, our viewership is like kind of spread out just because of like where how we make the show available to everybody. Right. So like if you guys want to like jump off of the podcast bandwagon for a little bit and go go get on that YouTube that YouTube grind and just hit that subscribe and bounce and dip, maybe like some videos. That really helps us a lot. It does. Um, but if you're just listening to the podcast side of things, there are a bunch 
fuck ton of you. Thank you guys so much for for sticking true and showing up on that feed. If you guys want to leave an iTunes review for anybody using iTunes out there or just any podcasting app, leaving comments and reviews really helps visibility on the show. Um, thank you guys so much for doing that. We get a lot of positive iTunes reviews. We like do. I a, read them a all. A lot of them. And They're it's, wonderful. It's really nice to read. Thank you guys so much. Um, we get a lot of really nice YouTube comments too, but you know, how, do. You know how YouTube is. <laughs> you know how YouTube is. Yeah, I know how YouTube is. <laughs> well, that um, being said. Wait, we got, wait, we got uh, more? We, we got, got more. Discord. Discord. There's a link for our Discord below. Um, it's a great community. A lot of cool conversation. 300 plus strong. Highly recommend it. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, TDC Reads is now a thing that is going to be happening uh, based in the Discord, which is a um, by uh, it's every two months we are going to be having a book club of a fantasy oh, novel. What? Yeah, so um, that's pretty cool. Somebody in the Discord set up a, um, and you know who you are, and I know you that you know that I know who you are. Um, anyway, there is a. Somebody in the Discord was nice enough to set up a um, Google sheet that like we submitted a bunch of book ideas and like mm -hmm. suggested how long we should spend reading them before we discuss the books. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of submissions still happening. Nice. But by the time this releases, we have done been selected our first book. Um, if you guys are interested in joining our book club, it's through our Discord. There's yeah. a link below. Come in there and see what it's all about. I think we're going to start a new channel in Discord called TDC Reads. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I know Dresden Files is on there. Cool. I threw up The Stand. Oh, nice. Um, That's a good one. There was a lot of people reading uh, Dark Tower. Um, I'm sure Name of the Wind got thrown up there. And, For sure. Um, like, you know, the, the King Keller Chronicle stuff. Um, but, like, a lot of stuff. Uh, did cool. I say Dresden Files already? You did. You okay. Did. Well, the, the Dresden Files. Because there was a lot of talk about the Dresden Files. Yeah, there's a lot of books, and they're they're very well renowned, and a lot of face stuff in, in those books. Yep. As well. Um,. Well, mm. with that being said, yeah, now let's let's get I the fuck out of here. Game. Bye, guys. We'll Thanks. talk to you guys later. The Dungeon Cast. I like how it's, it had been so long since I recorded without a, a cap on. Mm -hmm. Oh, that like, no one remembered. That no you one remembered that I was bald. That's <laughs> too funny to me. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.